You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, hosted by Nicola Reader and brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and ProExtra, a wholly owned subsidiary of 12th Man Solutions Limited. Hi there and welcome to episode 20 of the Exhibitionist, the podcast. I'm Nicola Reader, your host, and thank you so much for listening in. Once again, it is great to have you join us. We're actually recording this the day after England's historic win in the Cricket World Cup final, so we will try and keep it a little bit quieter and a little bit calmer this week, just in case you are still nursing a hangover from your celebrations last night. As we mentioned on the last episode of the podcast, we are going to do something a little bit different this week. The feedback we've had is that you guys love hearing from different guests and experts across the industry, but actually you wanted us to just share some of our insights from what we've learned and seen this year in the exhibitions industry. So some of the things we've worked on or some of the things we've seen at shows. So Steve and I have been racking our brains and come up with some of the things that we think are our real highlights or things that might help you. And I'm going to share them with you over the next 15 or 20 minutes. So slightly shorter episode this week, um, but hopefully you get to hear a little bit of the things that have certainly inspired us this year. So if we start by looking right back at the beginning of the year, the first blog we wrote, which was about smart objectives. And when we're working with clients or running our training courses, we always say that smart objectives are really crucial for two things. And that's because it anchors every single decision that you'll ever make. So if you know exactly what you're trying to achieve, whether you've got a difficult decision to make about stand design or about who you have on your stand, who you invite in terms of VIPs, what trade press you're going to get into. If you're struggling with a decision, you can keep going back to those smart objectives and thinking, what is it we want to achieve? And does this decision help me do that? And if it doesn't, you know that it's not the right decision. So it's a great way of just anchoring those decisions. And then Obviously, one of the biggest criticisms that we know trade shows come in for is the fact that they're unmeasurable. Well, if you don't know what you're trying to achieve, you have no hope of actually measuring it. So smart objectives give you that barometer to say, okay, at the end of this, when we've put in all that blood, sweat and tears, when we've been on our feet for days, when we've had to hump and carry heavy boxes through the exhibition hall, has it actually been worth it? Have we converted any business? And the only way you'll know that is by looking at who are we trying to attract How many do we need to see and what do we want to convert in terms of sales? So smart objectives really for us have been the light bulb moment for so many of our clients this year where we've worked with them. And they've all said in previous years, we've just rocked up to a trade show with a couple of pop up banners, maybe some brochures and thought, well, we'll just see who turns up. And if we meet somebody interesting, that's great. And if we don't, it's just a couple of days out of the office. And it really has been that turning point for so many brilliant exhibitors we've seen across the first half of the year where they've been able to sit down and really nail the specific numbers of people that they want to see and the actual job titles and businesses they're involved in. So if you haven't yet nailed your SMART objectives, check out that blog back uh, in January on the Inspiring Exhibitors website, and that should help you with that. One of the other things that has been a huge topic of debate for so many of our clients this year and also got quite a bit of traction when we talked about it on LinkedIn was whether the responsibility for exhibitions and trade shows sits with sales or marketing. Um, If you're a small business, an an owner, manager, and it's just you, you have a really easy decision to make about where the responsibility for organising a trade show sits. But if you're working in a bigger corporate environment, it can be really hard to think about, is this a marketing tactic or is it a sales tactic? And actually, it's both. And 
lots of corporations talk about that healthy tension between sales and marketing. I've worked for some big companies and I'm not sure that tension has always been healthy, but it's certainly been there. And certainly, I think if it's one person's responsibility or the other, that's setting you up with a platform straight away to blame when things don't quite work out like how like the other party wants them to. And you're creating that difference, that differentiation between two different departments in an organization who actually won't be happy with what the other people are doing. But if sales and marketing can jointly take responsibility for it and look at what you're trying to achieve, go back to those smart objectives, look at who's responsible for the message, which is probably marketing to ensure it's consistent, and who's responsible for the delivery, which is probably sales in getting that message through to the end point, actually you've got a really common objective and you're both trying to work towards the same thing. It's really difficult when we're working with clients who have that tension between their different departments and trying to find the person who is taking responsibility and trying to get those internal stakeholders on board and manage that internal stakeholder relationship to get the most that they can out of, out of trade shows. It's a really, really interesting dynamic. I'm not sure it's one I can solve on a podcast. I've been trying in my 20-year career to manage some of that tension between sales and marketing. But if you can just try and work together, certainly as far as exhibitions are concerned, collaboration is always going to be much stronger than competition. So what are the things that we have been really impressed by so far in 2019? What have we seen that's really stood out to us? Well, one of the first things we wanted to talk about was at the Fit Show in May in Birmingham. And that was from an exhibitor called Alutech Systems, who are based in West Yorkshire. And actually, Alutech took something and made it the hero of their stand that wasn't actually anything to do with their product or service. So they launched the 2CV Challenge, which is one of their directors driving many miles across Europe to raise money for charity. And what he's asking people to do is to come up with challenges, so things that he can do on that journey for a bid price. So, for example, we are challenging him to wear a red lycra suit, full body suit, and do a star jump on a border crossing somewhere. So, Pro Extra, our brand logo being a red man jumping, um, we're going to get the director of Alutech to um, jump in a red lycra body suit on a border in Europe somewhere. And everything about this challenge and why it was important to them was really the hero of their stand. And their team was so enthusiastic about it and so passionate. And they had the 2CV there on the stand. So it got everybody talking about it. It got visitors interested in coming over. And then that led on to a secondary conversation about their products and their services and how they might be able to solve problems for visitors. And it's just a really interesting proposition in uh, an industry, particularly in exhibitions, where we have been guilty of a lack of sustainability, perhaps a lack of um, real clarity on CSR policy, that 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 exhibitor in particular was taking something that probably wasn't going to make them any money as a business, but was really, really important to them and and was really um, communicating passionately their values and showing that to visitors and actually showing some of their personality, um, which was quite different to some of the hard sell you can sometimes see around products and services at show. So well done, Alutech. We thought that was a great example of just doing it a little bit differently. So we have also been at a few exhibitions this year where Food and Drink Wales have exhibited, and they continue to impress us with their consistency and their creativity and the opportunities that they create for their exhibitors as a organization that's representing a number of people who have very probably different agendas and are at different points of their development and and readiness for for business and scale and that kind of thing Um, and I'm going to go back just to um, the end of last year at uh, Food Matters Live 
where we've talked about this before on a, a podcast, but in case you've missed it, Food Drink Wales had a brilliant inflatable dome um, within which they invited VIPs or, or very important uh, visitors to come in and uh, kind of create a r- restaurant feel where they were sampling food and drink from the exhibitors that they'd got on their stand. And while people were enjoying these beautiful delights and treats from um, the Welsh suppliers, projected onto the roof of the inflatable dome was beautiful scenery and imagery of Wales and the landscape and the heritage and the storytelling of where products had come from. And anybody who wasn't invited into this dome was really curious, standing around the outside, lots of chat, what's going on? How do I get an invite? Who's going in there? It was really exciting and created a buzz. And that was really one of the first steps, I think, towards festivalisation, which has cropped up increasingly this year. And I think it's a bit of a Marmite thing for a lot of event organisers. So I think you speak to some event organisers who say, we are here to bring together suppliers and visitors, and that's the core purpose for what we do. And if we start to distract with too much content that pulls people away from exhibitors, that removes one of the core reasons for exhibitors investing. And I can totally see that point of view. But equally, we're all looking for experiences that really enrich the the functions. You know, this is still work when we go into exhibitions. So we still want to be educated and informed. But actually, at work, we want to be entertained as well. And festivalization is a way of doing that. And more increasingly, we're beginning to expect different types of content delivered in different ways through different media and actually much more personalized. So love it or hate it, festivalization feels like it's happening and actually some of the examples we've seen from food and drink Wales have really started to bring that in a way that's incredibly relevant for the people that they know they want to target creates a bit of a buzz keeps it real and also delivers for their exhibitors so um, thumbs up to food drink Wales you've been doing a great job this year one of the other things we thought we might have seen more at at trade shows and we haven't yet is AI and virtual reality and We continually have this debate with a lot of people about whether virtual reality is the right thing for trade shows or not. And we've seen it executed at a number of different stands where it's people standing with a headset on, having a very personal experience. They're not engaging with staff. They might be learning something. They might be being informed. But if trade shows and exhibitions are all about face-to-face, standing there with some kind of headset on or helmet doesn't really feel like it's doing that. But it does feel like it creates opportunity for perhaps creating communities. So maybe where we've seen it done well is in a small theatre experience where um, a thought leader is delivering some new insight or delivering some new software or innovation. And actually people have put on either headphones or headsets to get a better view of the intricacies of that software or that model or, or whatever it is that's being presented. But you're all still listening to one speaker and that feels like you're part of a community but being able to explore for yourself whatever's being presented. And that feels like quite a well-thought-through use um, of VR. But actually, we've seen in some places, I think, it being delivered for the sake of being cool tech. Um, And sometimes that doesn't necessarily work. We wrote a blog um, earlier in the year as well about what does AI and VR look like for the future. And potentially, I think, where it's got real potential is in this personalization. So as much as we're all looking for festivalization and experience... We're actually also looking for personalization. We want to walk up to a stand and those people already know who we are and know what our problems are, or we want to have answered some questions that actually kind of filter out some of the noise at trade shows and direct us to exactly where it is we want to go. And we're seeing some technology that's starting to come through and help hopefully help people have a more targeted visit to a show. 
but it feels like there's huge scope for um, AI and VR to continue to develop within the exhibitions world. Which actually, if you're listening and you're involved in that at all, and you've got any innovation or any case studies or any examples of things you're working on, we would absolutely love to hear from you, as would our listeners, um, and just hear about some of the things that you think could really revolutionise the industry. So what else have we been working on and what else have we seen this year? Well, one of the things that's continually cropped up is just how busy you event organisers are out there. So whether that's um, as exhibition organisers yourselves, as exhibitors working in the corporate world, or just as um, owner managers of businesses who are trying to fit a trade show into everything else you have to do. And it's really difficult because as much content as we can provide, whether that be a book, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a blog, whatever it is that, that we can do to help you, we're happy to do that. But where on earth are you finding the time to actually fit it in? And we've got lots of people who say to us, can I come on the show and talk about my new software, my new app, my new platform, my new tool, my new social media scheduling. And, and that's all great, but it's becoming increasingly clear to us that not only do you guys not have time a lot of the time to actually plan an event, you don't even have time to think about how could I make this better? How could I make it easier? Because events are quite often just bolted onto already very busy calendars of lots of other responsibilities. And it's something we grapple with a lot thinking about how do we make big organisations understand how important events can be? And they're just as important as a TV advert or social media. And the power of those live events is in them working together rather than a one-off trade show, a one-off conference, a one-off tweet. And we've seen some of our exhibitors and that our clients have real success when they've managed to put all those things together and they've started to work seamlessly. So, for example, we've worked with a client in the run-up to Auto Mechanica this year and he, he was in the um, automotive aftercare industry and was doing a little bit of trade press, a little bit of social media, just kind of when somebody said, there's an opportunity here, send out a tweet or put this advert, um, and really was getting quite frustrated about, am I getting the best return for this? And we took a day with him just to sit down and think about, what is it that your business really stands for? What is it that you're really good at? What message do you want to convey? And created a suite of materials, so content copy for trade magazines, um, social media that we could schedule in all around a really consistent theme and just taking that one day has had such a, an impact on his business and you know he had proactively people ringing him and saying can I book an appointment with you at, at Auto Mechanic because I really want to see your new equipment I really want to hear what it's all about and it was only a day but now actually things are starting to run much more seamless, seamlessly and um, we're starting to look at a more proactive campaign where it's all working together so we know you guys are really busy. We know it's a constant um, fight for time and attention when you've got so many other things to do. But there are loads and loads of tools out there that will help you plan your events more effectively. And we'll tr keep trying to bring as many of those to you as we can and, and keep things as concise um, as we can in, in helping share with you the benefits that some of those might bring. Just pause a sec. I'm a one of the things that we have seen this year, which is, has been fantastic, is that it sort of feels like there has been an improvement in um, the quality of exhibitors at trade shows. There's a number that we've been to where it's just felt like people have upped their game a little bit. 
Um, so I'm thinking maybe specifically the National Comedian Show, um, which is a really uh, well-established show and a number of exhibitors have been going for a number of years, but they got some new names in this year and that seems to have really invigorated everybody else. And the general standards across the show floor just felt like everybody was trying that little bit harder. And I think that's credit to the organisers who are starting to say, actually, let's give you some tools, let's give you some training, or we'll give you some blogs or some webinars or just some general advice about how you can be better at what you do. And we're seeing less of people on phones and people eating and 3,000 words on graphics boards. And it's always going to still be some exhibit the way that some exhibitors plan and deliver their shows. But in general, it's felt whether we've been at IFE or Auto Mechanica or The Energy Show or various of the ones that we've been at this year, there has been an improvement in how exhibitors are portraying their proposition and, and talking to visitors. And that's absolutely credit to a number of the event organisers out there who are proactively now offering that training and that support to help people get a better idea of what it is that a great show looks like. So if you're an exhibitor and you've something coming up in the second half of the year and you've seen your event organiser advertise uh, an exhibitor training day and you're thinking, oh, it's not for me, I know what I'm doing, genuinely we would say just go along because you might just pick up one or two things that fundamentally change what you do at the show and therefore the success that you have from it. Um, so great work to all those event organisers out there who are, are already doing that and exhibitors, it's free support, so go and grab it with both hands if you can. One of the things that um, we've been really surprised and delighted by this year actually is working to deliver uh, training workshops in-house for teams that are going to exhibitions and being able to empower their squad to come up with their own rules. And it really makes a difference when you sit down with a group of people who've kind of been told how to behave at exhibitions before and you say to them, okay, you guys make up your own rules. You decide how you want to behave, how you're going to hold each other to account for that, what your objectives are. And you really include everybody who's going to be on your stand in that process of planning for the show. And it was really visible to us with a couple of exhibitors we worked with. And um, I'm sure Mako won't mind me mentioning that we did a great workshop with them leading into the Fit Show. Um, and actually, when we saw them at the show, they looked so aligned and so united as a team. And we'd kind of given them a few hints and tips on how to move on those time wasters, those people that aren't really going to add any value. And they were so good at it. At the point that I walked onto their stand, someone came over and just said to me, who are you today? Ask me a few questions. Uh, I obviously was of no value to them and they shook my hand very firmly within about 30 seconds and said, well, I hope you have a great show. Do enjoy your visit um, and got rid of me very quickly. And it was just brilliant to see that in action from a team. Actually, they had a few wobbles during the show because they were thinking we're not quite collecting the number of leads that we thought we might do or have done previously. But the results out the back of that have been absolutely stunning. And in terms of being able to hit the ground running and really deliver, because they've already done that pre-filtering, they've only got the contact details for people they know that they can convert and that they know are going to be useful to them. It's been so much more efficient and so much more successful. So it's just been brilliant to see them come together as a team, talk about what they were going to deliver, then go and be that team and deliver it on stand and see it coming through in the results afterwards that have been so much more effective and so much more efficient. And that's happened across um, a number of our different uh, exhibitors and clients. So if you're working with your team, just empowering them to come up with their own rules and think about how you're going to behave can have such a positive effect on your show. And we would really recommend it. With the clients we work with on the exhibitor side, we get to see a lot of different industries. So for example, this week we have work that we're doing for people in the automotive sector, in the medical sector, um, in gears and engineering, 
um, in software for construction, um, a whole range of industries that we're working in, manufacturing as well. And actually, what we're hearing from a lot of them is that they're concerned about Brexit and that they're worried about what does that mean for their business. And actually, it's quite surprising in the exhibitions industry that we're not feeling that same sort of fear. Of course, there are going to be challenges. And of course, none of us have a magic global ball that can tell us what's going to happen in the future. Um, but it feels like the events industry are kind of going, do you know what? We were here before Brexit. We'll be here after Brexit. It might mean things are different in terms of getting kit around Europe. And it might mean that there are going to be some delays and we've got to be a bit smarter about what we do and where we stalk it and all those sorts of things. But we're a creative industry industry, and we can make this work. And it's quite refreshing, actually, when you're out in some of those other industries and there's some real fear around what Brexit means. It doesn't feel like we've got that in the events industry. Now, if you have a different view on how Brexit is being anticipated in the industry, then I'd love to talk it through with you, so please get in touch. But it definitely feels like we are a little bit more resilient and we're kind of just getting on with it and saying, look, it'll be what it'll be and this is what we do. We'll continue to deliver our shows year after year and we'll deal with whatever comes our way. And that's really refreshing and um, really different from a lot of other industries out there. So it's, it's great to see that from event organisers and all the companies that supply into event organisers. So that's just some of the things we've picked up and been talking about and learning about this year. So hopefully that's given you a little bit of food for thought on the things that have inspired us. But if you're about to take time off for your summer holiday, things are a little bit quieter on the exhibition scene at the moment, and um, just think about kind of what you've got coming up in terms of exhibitions. What are the five big things that we'd say to think about towards the end of this year as we go into the next busy season around autumn for exhibitions? Well, number one, you still have stacks of time to set some smart objectives for those autumn shows. So we know there's a really busy calendar coming up across September, October definitely still time to set some smart objectives and they are so fundamental to everything else that you do so if you're lying on a beach cocktail in hand reading maybe one of the great business books that are about at the moment just think about what is it we really want to get out of those trade shows and how are we going to achieve it or you could just forget about work completely and refresh and recharge your batteries second thing we'd say to start thinking about now is get pitching for 2020. So we talked about how busy event managers are, how there's a real lack of resource around exhibitions and trade shows generally in organisations. So start thinking now about which shows do you want to be at? How well equipped is your business for getting ready for those and delivering them brilliantly? How do you make sure that you get a really good share of the marketing budget? And how do you demonstrate the difference that live events and exhibitions can make to your aligned marketing plan in 2020? So start thinking now about how you pitch for a brilliant 2020 of exhibitions. Third thing we'd say is tech is getting bigger and bigger in the exhibitions industry. And we're seeing it used really well in some places and for the sake of it in other places. And it's really time to think about what role does tech and innovation play in your stand? What are the things that are available on the market, be that software or apps or uh, augmented reality or, or virtual reality or whatever it might be that could help you deliver your message and show how you solve problems for your visitors? So get to know some of the kind of tech developments that are happening within the exhibitions industry and how that adds value for your customers and your visitors in getting some them to your trade show and visiting your stand. We touched on festivalization, and as I said, love it or hate it, it probably feels like it's here to stay. But if you just strip it down, what it basically means is, yep, you want to inform and educate people about what you do, but actually we want to be entertained. So just have a think about what's the balance like in your exhibition plan between education and entertainment. Are you delivering too much of one and not much of another? 
And actually, are you delivering too much entertainment and you've got the busiest, funniest, best time to be at for having a great time, but actually when people leave, they haven't got a clue what it is you do. And we've been at some of those stands this year. So really just get a chance to think about, okay, have I got that balance right between informing people, entertaining people, and that word edutainment, festivalization, whichever one you want to use, is it working as hard as it could do for you? And the last thing we'd say about the big things in exhibitions is let's just keep having some fun. So a number of clients we've worked with have just said, flipping egg exhibitions are hard work. And and they are. There's no getting away from it. You know, it's stressful leading into it. You've got so many different opinions, so much to think about, so much to plan. Everything's riding on your shoulders. And then you get to the show and you're just busy all day long and you don't get a chance to really sit back and enjoy it and just you know, take a breath and think, yeah, I've delivered this. But actually, it's fun. And what we've tried to help some of our clients do is, is try and find the fun in exhibitions again, try and find the things that just are really satisfying, but also make you think, yeah, yeah I've actually had a great time doing this. So it is a great industry. It is good fun. And sometimes it can seem a little bit serious, and a little bit stressful, but definitely let's get some of that fun back into exhibitions. So hopefully that gives you five things to think about as you start planning um, for the rest of this year. We will do this uh, type of podcast again at the end of the year and do a review of everything that we think has been brilliant. We're back to normal in the next episode of the Exhibitionist podcast with a guest. And we are actually speaking to Alison Jones, who is a director at Practical Inspiration Publishing. And it's probably no coincidence to hear that they were the publishers uh, that helped us with the Exhibitionist, um, which we launched earlier this year. And you might think, have we just asked Alison along as a mate or a friend or a favour? But actually, there are so many synergies between writing and planning and delivering a book and delivering an exhibition. And she was one of the first people ever to read the content of the book and rang us and said, I'm going to a book fair next week and I'm pretty much going to change everything I'm doing. So she's some really interesting insight on what she'd been doing corporately as an exhibitor for years and how that changes now she's got her own business and what she learned from the book and what she's done with it since. So that episode will be coming up in a couple of weeks and um, hopefully you will get lots from it. So that's it from me for this week. And thank you for putting up with my voice for 20 minutes. Yes, we have had the feedback that people don't like my voice, but I can't do anything about it. It's the only one I've got, I'm afraid. So thank you for sticking with it. Hopefully you found it useful. As always, there's a number of ways you can interact with us. So if you head over to www.inspiringexhibitors.com, you will find all the details of everything that we do, how to get in touch with us and those blogs that might give you some inspiration for whatever you're struggling with. Uh, we've got the Exhibitionist book out, so you can get that through Amazon or through our website. And if you've read and enjoyed it and more importantly found it useful, um, we would love for you to leave us a review. So please head over to Amazon uh, and do that. And on the website, you can find out how to get in touch with us if you want to sign up to our newsletter, which goes out every couple of weeks. Thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great couple of weeks and happy exhibitioning. Hop over now to inspiringexhibitors.com to subscribe to our newsletters, blogs and future podcasts, keeping you up to date with industry insight. While there, you can also find out more about our new book, The Exhibitionist, Inspiring Trade Show Excellence. Once again, thank you for listening.